It is the 200 level episode 125, Crap Randall. We had that just in case this game got out of hand, and unfortunately, that's what it looks like at halftime as I sit here. A 28-7 Wisconsin lead. Their sophomore quarterback, Graham Mertz, is 14 for 14 with God knows how many yards and I think four touchdowns in the day, making the Connecticut quarterback performance from last year look mediocre by comparison. This is not the start I think anybody wanted for year five. I mean, that's the understatement of the century. And it really kind of began with the second play of the game with Mike Epstein fumbling it after you had just gotten a first down in the first play. So just like that, you know, all that excitement from starting the season evaporated. And apart from the return touchdown on defense to make it at that point 14-7, to that was about it. This was one of the worst halves of the Lovey Smith era. And, and, you know, you could say that's hyperbole, but unfortunately it, it probably is true when you consider the amount of talent on this team, or so we think, right? Who knows? But the amount of talent relative to Lovey's first couple teams, at least. And yet it doesn't really look any different. Now, I did say on Jeremy's podcast on Monday, he said, you know, if it goes bad, are you going to freak out? And I said, no. And I'm going to try to hold to that because we saw last year that that team could have bad performances and then a good performance. Though, unfortunately, they were probably more bad than good, ultimately, when you factor in the crazy comeback in Michigan State and that that four-game winning streak included Rutgers where you had a bad first half. But I'm starting to just count the amount of quarters and the amount of halves that I watch Illinois football and don't have a good time. And they're adding up at a very fast rate. So we're going to welcome on Trevor Belise and Harry Black and Isaac Ambrose. We're going to have a full house. And unfortunately, it's not going to be that sort of celebratory or at least even half-interesting game watch. It's probably going to turn sour. Though, on the other hand, we've already kind of had some time to digest what we saw in that first half. And I guess try to project it forward this year, though God knows what the rest of this year is going to look like. You got seven more games. Well, eight, I guess, if you count that ninth wildcard game. And as it looks now, as it looks now, this is not an improved team. Now, you do need to consider the opponent. It is Wisconsin and arguably the second best team that you're going to play this year. And it'd be hard to imagine unless Minnesota continues doing what they're doing and gets better than they were last year. You know, it's probably Ohio State and Wisconsin and then everybody else. But nonetheless, with as crazy as college football has been this year and how you see all these upsets or near upsets that you would never, ever guess in a million years would happen. Here we are, and we're watching Ho-Hum, another Illinois-Wisconsin beatdown that may as well have happened in any of Lovey's first three years. Keep this in mind. It doesn't matter what happens this year. He can go 0-8. You aren't firing him. You don't have the resources to do that, and really few athletic departments do, given the realities of COVID-19. Not to brighten the mood or anything, but <laughs> that is the truth of the matter, is that this is what you are stuck with. And the concerns I raised in the last podcast, which overall were fairly optimistic, I thought that this team would find their way to likely a four and four, eight game schedule, and then that would set you up for whatever that ninth game would be. But at this rate, it's hard to envision that, just as it was last year to envision that they would go six and six. So not saying it can't happen, right? But it is not only that you're losing to Wisconsin, it's the fact that you look bad independent of what Wisconsin is doing. It's that you look messy, you look underprepared, you look like you don't know what the hell you're doing. And for the good moments the defense has had, and I think the front seven has actually been a bright spot, the secondary has been a complete mess, 
And just like we saw time and time again in the last four years, and Bears fans, you can relate to, that middle of the field is open for those deep routes to tight ends, wide receivers. It doesn't matter. The safeties are never where they need to be, it feels like. Or there's far too large of a gap for them to cover. So we're seeing the same things. It is essentially just another year in this never-ending purgatory of the Lovey Smith era at Illinois. And yeah, it's dark right now. On a Friday night, 840, and then it's super cold and windy and kind of a dingy fall night outside. Yeah, it's not really good vibes. But that's why we have three guys coming on, and we're going to try to have fun with it. Now, before we bring on Trevor and Harry and Isaac, got to remind you, the 200 level is brought to you by DPDO, online at dpdo.com. Here's a great deal they have going on, and it's a great weekend to exercise this. $5 calzones. $5. And if you've ever had a DPDO calzone, you know that is a crazy deal for the amount of food that you get. Use coupon code MIKE. M-I-K-E. Easy, right? Coupon code Mike for $5 calzones. And then premium and construction zones are $6. And those things are loaded. So that's a deal too. But go to dpdo.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Again, that is dpdo.com. Coupon code Mike for $5 calzones. Fourth and Kirby. Online at fourthandkirby.com. Even though the game kind of sucks right now, I'm wearing my big guy Illinois football t-shirt. Love it. I'm going to sport this every game day, unless it becomes like bad luck or something like that. But what I'm going to get anyway is a new blue crew neck sweatshirt that they have with the script Illinois font that was on those retro basketball jerseys last year. And keep that in mind, folks, basketball basketball season, excuse me, is coming up. And that means you need some new swag. So go to fourthandkirby.com, vintage inspired Illini apparel at fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200 level or the 200 level. Again, 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. And stay from agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Brian worked with us as we moved in this new house. Homeowners insurance, auto insurance bundle, great prices as you would expect from State Farm, but also that personalized service that Brian and his staff will give you. And they are local products. They're all from East Central Illinois, so they have your local interest at heart. We can vouch personally for them. We've known them well before we worked with them. And I can say after working with them, it was everything we expected and more. So go to brianismyguy.com. Trevor Belize's favorite domain brian is my guy.com also Illini inquirer and the champagne showers podcast network we'll have mondays with mike where jeremy will presumably try to talk me off the ledge with this illinois football team we'll have a couple of 200 levels next week to preview <laughs> i sit here with one more half to go in this stupid game to preview illinois and purdue and rondale moore's triumphant return good god uh we'll we'll do two next week including a post-game podcast next saturday on halloween so, hey, as you're taking your kids trick-or-treating next Saturday evening, you can be podcasting that episode after we hopefully react to an Illini win. I don't think that's what this podcast is going to turn into, so I may be eating my words if there's a comeback like Michigan State last year and it's no longer crap Randall, but instead a triumphant return led by Brandon Peters and this Illini offense that so far has been, well, you've seen it. So let's get to it. Let's bring on our old friends Isaac Ambrose, Trevor Valise, Harry Black, all four of us, we're going to be reacting to this second half of the Illinois-Wisconsin game. And hey, if it gets even worse, we're going to have fun with it, right? No matter what happens on the field, hopefully you enjoy. Okay, so we did miss the first minute of the second half as Wisconsin takes a timeout. I think Graham Ertz is still perfect on the night. I'm going to start this off by a little word association. Trevor Valise, one word to describe the first half of Illinois-Wisconsin. What would you say? Um, deflating after the buildup 
And really, it was just the buildup, no matter how good or bad your team was going to be with with everything that happened and the on and off of we're having a season, we're not having a season, we're having a season. Just that all too familiar feeling of, well, you can kind of sit back and there, there's like a level of pressure and pressure is maybe not the right word because as a fan, it's not like I'm feeling pressure. But when you're in a game, you kind of have to be sitting up in your seat. You're not necessarily checking Twitter the entire time. You don't necessarily want a bunch of outward distractions. You're like, okay, I got to dial in on this game. But then once you hit that certain, and again, all too familiar feeling as an Illinois fan this past decade of, you sit back in your seat. You don't mind getting up and getting a drink. You don't mind missing a play because you're on Twitter. You don't mind if someone else comes in and bothers you for a second. And that immediately sinking back into that feeling no, no more than 10 minutes into the game was just deflating. That's a good, good choice, I think. Isaac, how about you? Yeah, I was just going to say typical. I mean, it is 2020, probably the craziest year of my young life. But here we are again down uh, 21 points to Wisconsin at Camp Randall. And there's no fans. It's a Friday night. Somehow we're opening up the season. But some things just never change. And I'm not obviously getting down and hating on the whole rest of the season, even though um, it might sound like that. Because there, there's been some bright spots, if I must say. But typical, there's some things that just never change, even in the middle of the pandemic. And <laughs> being down 28-7 to 7 against Wisconsin just – feels typical guys you know if it makes you feel any better it does feel kind of like 2018 so if you want to get out of the 2020 thing just re- remind yourself this is what would have happened two years ago three years ago i was at camp randall actually that snow game two years ago with it wasn't even snow in the forecast yep. and then all of a sudden midway through the second quarter it comes barreling down on us and illinois lost that game in the fashion that you thought they were would but you know it's sad is that game they were actually more competitive than they are tonight and you mentioned the buildup, Trevor, and I think both of you chose good words. Deflating for Trevor, typical for Isaac, and they are on both counts. But I think the deflating part of the, this is that, you know, I, I don't feel as if we were being sold a bill of goods. I think there is enough individual talent on this team for them to be performing far better than this. But they they aren't. So that that's the deflating part. That's the typical part for an Illini football fan, Trevor, is that... Uh, you know, this may as well be Lovey's first, second, or third year. It's year five, and it doesn't have any sort of tangible difference in terms of how they're performing. Right, and this was sort of the year that was advertised as, and again, to your point, not falsely advertised, as the year where everything comes together, and you shouldn't expect to be down 21 in the middle of the second quarter of a game, no matter who you're playing, other than, you know, maybe if it's Ohio State as a world beater. But the whole point, of this rebuild. And I know this year is different. Things have been altered. We're not exactly seeing the, the, the exact product that you might've predicted we'd see, but I mean, that just because the, the way it's being presented, isn't how we expected. It doesn't mean the roster for Illinois is any different. I mean, they didn't lose many people. I think Rayvon Bonner was the only one who opted out because of COVID. So, I mean, the reason why deflating and typical kind of go hand in hand here is that, I'm deflated that I'm back to that typical feeling of Illinois down in a laugher against a good team, because this was the year we weren't supposed to be down in a laugher, even against a good team. And I know that the calling card of last season, even in the victories was coming back from big deficits. So, I mean, maybe you feel slightly better, you know, hoping that the defense can cause some turnovers or something, but it's just an all too familiar feeling of, like I said, where you just sink back and you think, okay, well, this game isn't really worth watching. And that shouldn't be where we're at. 
in the the culmination year of Lovey's tenure. We shouldn't be. I think year five, I was trying to compare it to past Illini coaches. We have obviously did not get to year five with Tim Beckman, and that's probably all well and good. But year five for Ron Zook, they went three and nine with about, I think, 12 NFL players in that roster. That was one of the more disappointing Illini football seasons in my lifetime. And that's saying something. That's a laundry list right there. But then you go the fifth year of Ron Turner. And that would have been, I believe, the Sugar Bowl season in 2001. So I, I know I, I just did that little trip back in memory lane trying to add some context as to where this program should be. But I think what makes this you know, as bad in a lot of ways is 2009 when Ron Zook's fifth team went 3-9. and nine. At least Ron Zook had a wildly successful season under his belt. And at least up to that point had some recruiting momentum where he thought, I mean, you could have somehow spun it to even me that, well, if you get them good coordinators, maybe this thing will work. And I guess it kind of did. But as I sit here right now, I guess, Isaac, my my big concern is that we're we're kind of stuck and we're we're spinning our wheels and there's not gonna there's not gonna be a move made. Like it could be 0 and eight, it could be the worst season ever. There there is not gonna be a move made because financially most athletic programs could make a move anyway. So what we're watching is kind of this is it, guys. You know, I, like, how pumped are you, Isaac? This is this is our football program right here. I mean, the saddest thing about it all, too, is that these are all Lovey's guys. I mean, so many of our best players are gone next year. Transfers, seniors, Brandon Peters, uh, Imator Bebe, all those guys are gone. So recruiting's been pretty stalemated. I mean, what else do we have to be pumped up about? And again, the season's not completely over. No, you're I right. I mean, this that. is technically game one, even though it's the, getting towards the end of October. But it really feels like this is Lovey's team. I mean, these mistakes, we're still making freshman-like mistakes. I mean, you open up the football game with a fumble from a veteran. Like, those are just things that should not be happening on a junior senior led lovey smith team in the fifth year essentially and there's just a lot of freshman mistakes that i think illinois fans are going to be having deja vu to the past 10 20 years of coaching failures you know i was thinking about guys is how we, we talked about this last year i remember in the fall and I'm just kind of counting, and it's not an exact science or exact measurement here, but I'm kind of counting the amount of quarters and even halves in the Lovey Smith era that I've enjoyed watching. I'm just saying from an enjoyment factor, right? And last year, you would certainly say the second half of Michigan State, and you'd say the second half of the Wisconsin game, and you'd say the second half of the Rutgers game, and I would say the whole Purdue game, right? In terms of, I'm talking yep. games that matter, right? But unfortunately, and I let's say a good chunk of the Iowa game, I'll be generous. I'll throw that in there is actually a kind of fun road game to watch because you were in it. But it, it is just mounting up. To me, the biggest part of that deflating factor you talked about, Trevor, is that these are mounting up. Like it, just in terms of the actual time spent watching Lovey's football teams, and I got all those years at the Bears to account for as well, where he was a pretty decent NFL coach. But all that said, it's the same movie. And and what, what I will say, I know it's 28-7. This is where it sounds ridiculous. And this might actually be an indictment of Lovey more than anything. It's 28-7, and yet I've had more moments today where I thought, you know, the defense looks okay than I have. You know, the offense is going to figure it out. I've had more moments about the defense, and yet they've given up 28 points, and the opposing quarterback is 14 for 14 for 190 yards and four touchdowns in his first start. So, Trevor, that's yeah, where we're at. Take the I don't think the defense has looked 
Well, I guess let me amend that. The run defense has looked good, and I yeah, don't know fair. how much of that is just the fact that you don't have to go up against Jonathan Taylor. But they've made enough stops to where, I don't know, I hesitate to, to compare it to the Bears, but it does feel like this sort of thing where they're going to bend, and especially against the pass, it's going to be annoying. But more often than not, they're either going to create a turnover or stuff the run on third and two, which they did, and there was a terrible spot on that fourth down, but it didn't really ultimately yeah. matter. For the, the defense problem, at least in my eyes, as Peters continues to run, even though he can't pass. He is averaging 15 see, yards a carry. Uh, if you take the sacks away, he's averaging like 15 yards a carry. Problem is he's 5 for 12 for 30 yards and has looked really off with and, his throws. And by the way, it's 10.30 to go in the uh, second half, or in the third quarter, excuse me, second and two for Illinois from the 30. Go ahead, Trevor, sorry. Well, I think the, the defensive issue, at least to me, and look, I am by no means a football junkie or a nerd enough to to watch a scheme on defense and be able to break it down and suggest what they should do differently. But something about the Tampa two cover two defense, it seems like the more expert eyes are on Illinois, the more experts you have saying, I don't know why he's still playing that defense. And we see it again in the first half where there are just these gaping holes in the passing game to where Jake Ferguson, who's currently rated as the third best tight end in America for the NFL draft, is wide open for two touchdowns. I don't know if that's blown coverage. I don't know if that's scheme. But it's one of those things where, again, it's this inescapable feeling. It's almost like claustrophobia in a way, if that makes any sense, to where, like, you're in the middle of this, and I just don't really know how you get out of it other than just completely changing who's in charge of it. And he won't, and that's the thing. He would not acquiesce that power, and and it goes well, with no, a lot of head coaches. Son. He hired his son to take it over. <laughs> of course, he's not gonna. Uh, we did have a. I had a tweet from Gary on Twitter. He, he calls it "Cover Zero, which actually might be an apt title for it. By the way, as <laughs> as you were talking there, Trevor Casey Washington is hurt. It was the first. This is mind blowing. That was the first target to a wide receiver not named Matter Bebe. Daniel Barker's gotten some targets today. Uh-oh. I think Luke Ford might got him one. But that was the first one to a guy not named Matter Bebe from the wide receivers. And they have, I mean, you know, Navarro and Washington showed something last year, to be honest. And, and Isaac, you mentioned that. You mentioned Peter's name. I think he might have mentioned Matter Bebe, guys that are going to be gone next year. I I expected that this was going to be messy. I thought it was going to be messy on both accounts in, in terms of Wisconsin Illinois. But I didn't figure that Josh Matter Bebe would be kind of a mess today. And I didn't figure that Peters, even though I was not as high on him as Bob Osmussen was, I did not anticipate he would be sitting there now at 5 for 13 for 30 yards. I, I, it's just, to me, Isaac, that's that's the more depressing thing, on top of many depressing things, is that your veteran guys that have been in the system now for two going on three years for some of them, and that Rod Smith being the third-year offensive coordinator – his best offense was still the first one with A.J. Bush and Reggie Corbin, and they were fine, but it wasn't anything to write home about either. Yeah, I mean, the guys that you expect to be your core pieces, your anchors that you can fall upon, like when all things go to crap, Brandon Peters, Imator Bebe, they, they just look sloppy. Um, it looks like, I'll admit, the first game after a crazy pandemic when you probably didn't get the same amount of camp time Imator Bebe and Peters probably don't have the same connection they would have had if they would have had all of August and all summer to get right. But in a game like this against Wisconsin on the road, you have to have your anchors play well. You have to have your guys on offense that you can count on play well. 
and Peters just really looks out of sorts right now. Uh, Bebe's been been dropping a couple, but it really does come down to the quarterback. And I know that's it doesn't only come down to one player, but the quarterback's the one who touches the ball every play. He's got to know the offense. And at the end of the day, though, it is it is something to look at when Rod Smith's best offense was when we had the least amount of weapons. And mm. back there when AJ Bush was our our go-to running or our go yeah, he was our go-to running back and he played quarterback at the same time. This year, there's just no reason we should only have seven points and it be a defensive touchdown late in the in the second half of the game. As you were saying that, Isaac, and I, I heard a groan from Trevor as this happened. <laughs> so here's here's the situation. First off, uh, the right call was made here where Illinois went for it on a fourth and one when they didn't get it originally. They might be able to review this, but I don't think it looks like Brandon Peters was down on that fourth and one shy of the, the marker. And it's just... You know, at the end of the day, uh, I don't know if it's effort. I don't think it's effort. It's just it's just a lack of execution for a team in an offense specifically that should be better than this. Uh, and I know Wisconsin has probably the second best defense they're going to face this year, right? I mean, there is that. But nonetheless, we've seen in college football all year long, crazy crap has happened. So I that was part of this, and it's not scientific or anything, but I thought tonight, man, it's a crazy year for college football. It's a Friday night, first game back for both teams. The offense should be able to do something, and they are being shut out. Uh, so, Trevor, yeah, give me give me a a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh God, this is, something bad's about <laughs> to happen, isn't it? No, no, no. I was oh, okay. just trying to think of a, what what a light at the end of the tunnel would be. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, this is disappointing by any standard. And I think to Isaac's point, perhaps if your biggest, um, if your biggest issue with the the first half offensively is that it looked discombobulated, which it did, to Isaac's point, I mean, if there was ever a time to look discombobulated, this is it. But then again, to your point, as someone who has been betting and been profitable for the most part a little bit, yeah. uh, double-digit underdogs against the spread in college football this year are just way over 500. I mean, to a, to a margin where it's like you have to just blindly bet on every double-digit underdog and you're going to assume that you're going to make money 70 to 80% of the time. And so you look at a spread as large as 21, and look, we've all been bit many times by the, what is Vegas doing? What do they know? I don't agree with this at all. And, you know, 90% of the time they end up being right about that. But this offense is just – look at Peters right now. He looks miserable. He looks miserable. I mean, just... They, they put in Isaiah Williams for a whole drive. <laughs> and, and it worked for a little bit, you know, yeah. briefly. I, I'm just, to summarize it, I'm not having fun right now. No, I'm not. Graham Mertz, by the way, is now 60. Is it Graham or Grant? Graham, right? Like Golden Graham. Yeah. Like Graham Cracker, yeah. Okay. He's <laughs> 16 for 16. 204 <laughs> yards, four Wisconsin touchdowns. record is, is 17 for 17, they said. So he's one away from tying the record. Do you ever get in this self-loathing thing as a Lanai fan where you're like, go ahead, break the record, Mertz. Just break the <laughs> stupid record. I mean, I, I'm at that sort of point of just pure, like, vile hatred of Illinois football right now. Yeah. But, you know, I think as I look at next, this is what scares you about next Saturday. With Purdue, and you beat them last year. And honestly, I, I missed the was because I had a buddy get married the Wisconsin game, so I missed it live. And the oh, next right. week, right? Yeah. So the next week, I had to rewatch it. And then the Purdue game, I had so much fun watching that ugly, muddy, rainy game because Illinois controlled it for four quarters. It was like something I hadn't seen in years. But 
that was the aberration with Illinois and Purdue. Even go back to the Daryl Hazel era. For whatever reason, Purdue does pretty damn well <laughs> against us. And Rondale Moore will likely be back. And it's gonna be it's gonna remind me all too much, guys. And Isaac, I don't know if you you were at this game or not, or if you recall it, but it was just two years ago. I think it was the first time we thought, well, this might be Lovey's moment, right? It was in late October. I think it was homecoming or something like that. And Purdue was up something like 35 to nothing at halftime. I might yeah, be exaggerating, no, but I, it was, was it 42 to seven? Uh, some, yeah, along those lines. I think so. Yeah. Line. Yeah. I was, I was actually at the big house um, with a friend at a game at the Wisconsin Michigan game. And I remember tailgating and looking at the score. And that was probably the best I'd felt about Illinois football. And I mean, definitely since Lovey got there and I was feeling great about myself and then Purdue just goes up huge at halftime. And you're like, okay, I thought this was, we were supposed to be done with this at this point. And it's, it, it is, it is just disappointing. And I, I hate to just sit and, and loathe and be sad, but again, back to the point spread, like Trevor was saying, the media, everybody, they've just been pounding this. Oh, you guys are 23 and a half point underdogs. And they've said how disrespectful it was. And you know, I'm sure Lovey's talking about it in practice. And then to come out and not be able to put up any points. And it's just, it's just a sad outing so far. But like you guys are saying, it's crazy too because we've let up 28 points. But I feel like the defense has played better. Isn't that weird? Um, I, I mean, there was the there was the touchdown late in the second half, which made it. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, they earned that touchdown. It wasn't a fluke by any stretch, but that made it probably worse than what the defense had played for those first 25 minutes. Where I thought that you know what they're doing what you would have hoped Illinois' defense would have done, which is just keep you around. And they, at the end of the day, they have given up a net 21 points. I mean, they scored their own. And by the way, Tariq Barnes is having a hell of a debut after Jake Hansen goes down. He got a quarterback sack and another tackle for loss there. We have Wisconsin punting the ball. Well, sorry, it's third and 19. It looks like Illinois is accepting the holding. Or are they declining no, it? you accept it? Okay. Then you're giving them another shot at third and 24 instead of fourth and 19 okay so there we go so wisconsin will punt it away there is still somehow a glimmer (laughs) you don't fellas score a touchdown here there's a glimmer more than a glimmer glimmer. if you had an offense that could do anything i know but you've what you've gone two, and i think you should have gone for both of them but you've essentially gone and missed two fourth downs well within field goal range and again it doesn't really matter because i mean at that point it's 28 13 but you just have no confidence in the offense offense to do anything right now because Peters has just looked so off that I mean I'm not the guy who's sitting there calling for Isaiah Williams for the rest of time now but I mean he looked better on his one drive than than Peters has looked in terms of throwing at least uh but I guess neither guy's really thrown it can I confess something about that Purdue game from two years ago yes yeah as, as Isaac was talking about it I remembered this I had one of those rare embarrassing out-of-body fan moments in the stands at that game i Hmm. i just i completely lost it on a play and like people were looking at me and and i left early (laughs) i forget what exactly happened but it was like at this point it was 28 nothing for sure at least Hmm. and this was you know carp you, you made the point going into that game it was sort of talked about as like I think you had just won at Rutgers and you were three and two. Three and two. AJ Bush a quarterback, right? AJ Bush would have been starting. 
yep. thing. Yeah. A bad, not, not a bad, but a, not a great Purdue team. Correct. Um, and so you sort of had the opportunity laid out in front of you to go to four and two, maybe receiving a vote if someone was, was kind. And I remember it was like 28 nothing, and I just sat there just so distraught by what I was seeing. And it was like a third and like 15, and Bush rolled out towards me i was on the in the east stands around the 40 and he rolled out our direction and he he could have easily i mean easily gotten a first down with his legs and he threw the ball away i like i feel like i remember that i feel like i remember that distinct play and i don't know why and it's embarrassing and i hesitated even saying it but i lost it i you know i just i yelled in a lante like way what are you doing <laughs> throw the stop throwing the ball away and there's like two or three like you know you could like a family with kids sitting next to us so they're looking at me like that monster that psychopath and i just for some reason i just lost it at that moment yeah I, you know i don't know the last time i got that angry at an illinois football game i had that with the illinois iowa basketball game when fran was going off at the state farm center that actually ended up well but before we go any further it is time to welcome on Old friend, Harry Black. Harry, hey. how's it going, guys? Hey, I'd say I'd say you missed something, but you you haven't. Have you watched this in its entirety? Uh, not quite in its entirety. I saw the first uh, saw the first couple drives. Um, I mean, it's not really as big of a surprise as I thought. The offense has had like a couple big plays, but aside from that, from what I've seen, they've been inept. The defense. The thing that I like is that the defense at least kind of picked up from um, or not even picked up because this isn't something you really, really saw from the end of last year. Um, Cause you know, last year they were keeping you in games with big plays, um, which if I heard correctly, they did have uh, the score was defensive. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, they're keeping that up, but the thing that I've also seen is like they're doing their part in like, there's a lot of plays that are down, done at the line of scrimmage. There's a lot of, you know, gains of nothing. Now, I mean, I just saw a stat where their their quarterback, if I'm getting this right, has yet to throw an incomplete pass. But, you know, at the same time, it does look like the defense is doing things that we haven't really seen them do before. And that's, uh, that's I guess you would chalk that up to them being – you know they're bigger, they're stronger. They're finally, uh, they're finally starting to look the part. You know, as I'm but, wa- you know, all in all, all oh. in all, there's a reason you're 20 point uh, dogs going into this. There's a reason you were 31 point dogs last year when we played them. It's because this this organization is uh, is better than than Illinois has been in the past. And I mean, this doesn't does is any one of you really surprised with at least the score from I, this right now? You know what? I think that it's less to be honest, less the score because let's say you would have told me before the game oh it's going to be 28-7 in the third with four minutes four and a half to go and by the way nice completion there to Epstein after a nice completion to Hightower so a little drive going on here for Illinois past midfield but to your point Harry I think that for me it was all I didn't anticipate a win I thought like a 10-point loss because I thought the offense would be serviceable not great right and I didn't know if there was going to be a defensive score or not but lo and behold lovey ball of course there's a defensive score so, you know, there are these little individual things that if you, t- you know, stretch them out the rest of the year, you could do something with. But I, I think it's um, as good of as Wisconsin is, as you kind of said, like an organization, right? They've been doing this for so long. They know what they're doing. It reminds me of my friend who's a Cleveland Browns fan. And I sent him this bet that I made last week. I said, dude, I'm taking the Browns on the money line at Pittsburgh. And I got, oh. I, I know. And I got Baker Mayfield plus 300 yards and all this. It was a free bet. No. I know. 
It was a free bet. And he he's like, dude, it well, good luck is all he said. And the next day he said, dude, I would have put my life savings on the Steelers money line. There was no way in hell that the Browns are going to win that. And they get owned by the Steelers. And this is what it feels like. Like last year is the aberration. And this is what now daddy is letting you know what's what again. But see, the difference in that is that everyone on the outside still is looking at this game and there's, you know, they say we're still 19 point dogs. I mean, that game between the Browns and the Steelers, people were acting like the Browns have arrived. I feel like at least from the outside looking, you know, he would be us because he knows the real deal. Okay. But yeah. on the, it's almost like weirdly the other way around. People on the outside look at us and, um, and, you know, they're saying, yeah, you guys haven't arrived yet, despite what you did at the end of last year. So you're kind of regressing to the mean. Hey, guys, um, we got it real quick, Harry. We got another fourth and one coming up. Will third time be the charm? Don't tell me because I just saw the play where they went to the end zone. I'm ways behind. You. Okay, well, uh, well, I we can, we'll have to react. I think. I mean, oh, 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 did they? Oh I'm, my I'm gosh! Behind, so. Well, sorry. This is why I'm the worst play-by-play guy ever. I'm just making. <laughs> oh, uh, so they end up getting <laughs> Illinois. Uh, it's anticlimactic, guys. So I'll tell you, they end up getting oh. Illinois in a false start when. Oh my god! When it looked like Wisconsin, it's hard to tell. I don't know who jumped first, but now it's fourth and six. I don't think that changes the equation for Lovey. You gotta go. You gotta, go. you gotta go. You're down by 21 points to uh to a team that you know <laughs> it's it's hard to beat them in Wisconsin. You think they're still gonna do jump around? They are. They said they would. <laughs> But that looked like that was offsides. It did. It did. I don't like that call. Uh, oh, boy. Okay, so there's a flag here. Brandon Peters is, is just kind of running around. He just throws it away anyway, so it wouldn't matter. Unless it's a flag on Wisconsin, which I don't anticipate it's going to be. Why as... would you throw it away on fourth and six? That's actually a good point. There's no there's no <laughs> reason to do that on fourth and six. It's a hold on Illinois. Wisconsin gets the ball back, and Illinois' offense is still scoreless. You know, it's times like this, guys, where I can't help but get the meatball fan like, why the hell are we paying Rod Smith five hundred thousand freaking dollars to suck at his job? But then I have digress. We not, have we not been waiting for so long to see these pieces on offense? I mean, like Luke Ford, I feel like we've been waiting for two entire. He's years. non-existent. Have, He's hardly been on the field. All these transfers. We're supposed to have the best top top three offensive line in the conference, and we can't even score a point. And it's just so disappointing to get our hopes up and read all these articles about how amazing these pieces are going to come together on offense. And somehow Rod is not able to put together a scoring drive. You know what? I, go ahead, defense. Trevor. Sorry. Oh, I, yes, oh, absolutely. I, feel bad. I mean, they've been okay other than a few blown plays, but Wisconsin's been out there literally twice as long as Illinois. I mean, this defense is going to be so gassed by the end of this game that it won't even matter. You can't score points when you're not on the field. Sorry. Like my old grandpappy used to say. Yeah. That's one of those obvious old sayings. Yeah. Field goal does you no good. Thanks, Dad. I I see that they're down by five. I understand the concept right now. This is, you know, to your point, Harry, you're right. 28-7. Should it be surprising? No, it probably shouldn't be. But I think what that also speaks to, not only just in terms of Illinois, Wisconsin, these programs are what they are. Wisconsin's a really good program. Illinois is clearly not historically, at least in the last 20 years um, compared to Wisconsin. But I think what it also speaks to is 
we should have known kind of what to expect with Lovey Smith. And, and this is why I kind of am hitting myself in the head here. Because against my own convictions, we all read the the Twitter uh, you know, blips from media guys. And even as Jeremy and I talk on Mondays, I know that he's coming into it with a level head. He's not a homer. So there are these guys are seeing enough to get kind of excited about the possibility of covering a good team. And yet this is what we get. So I mean, I feel like you got to. There's so many things in this game. I mean, it's you know the off season they had. You're playing a really good team compared to who you are. We don't know, um, you know, how good Wisconsin is. We also know Wisconsin's pissed off at us for what we did to them last year. Like I'm just I'm not reacting to this game because a I'm not surprised. B it's a weird season, and C we you know we put this as one of the ones we could very easily lose, and you can still come back with this season. And um, I mean, you're still playing the rest of the Big Ten West. I feel like I'm not going to overreact with this game. The only disheartening thing is the uh, offensive performance. But aside from that, you know, uh, what's the old saying? Like with Another weird off with weird off seasons, your um, your offense <laughs> is usually a little slow to start. What? That's the old saying. No, no, it's not an old saying. It's not an old it thing, but be. like people were saying, at least at the beginning of the NFL season, that offenses are going to be a little slower. Uh, at the beginning of the bubble yeah. of the NBA, off, uh, games weren't being, you know, not as much points were being scored. Defense is a little easier to start when you don't have as much preparation because there's not, it's not as uh, intricate, it's not as complex. I mean, that could be some, that could be a way you maybe chalk this up for why the offense isn't performing as well. Harry, I think what we should do, all of us, by the end of this podcast episode, we should each come up with an old saying that is entirely specific to this game and not at all, in fact, an old saying. <laughs> I just like the start of, you know what they used to say, when weird offenses get off to slow starts, and I'm like, who has you ever said that? You know where I was going Oh, we do, we do. You know where I was going Well, hey, guys, as the third quarter winds down, I got to remind our listeners that DP Doe, they got this cool thing going. I have my own coupon code now for DP Doe. What? Yes, if you want a $5 calzone. You order on dpdo.com. You put in Mike. That's it. Mike for the coupon code. You get a $5 calzone. And you guys all know, like, these are not small calzones. Like, these are these are pretty big deals. And they're if you want to get a, They are monstrous. They're hard to sneak into movie theaters. God knows that. No, they're not. They're not. Not if you know what you're doing and you bring a jacket. Just That's true. And it is winter coming up, so you got puppy that. jackets. Now, here's the deal. You go to dpdo.com, put in coupon code Mike. <laughs> $5 regular zone, $6 is all for premium and construction zones, and those things are loaded. Uh, they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, so go to dpdo.com for that. Um, Isaac, you're in Urbana now, right? Correct, yeah. I I live in Stone Creek now, actually, so we're the, the home of the Fighting Line-Eye golf team here. Probably What's your address? 20. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so one, two, three, Fighting line I have actually, so... We're having a tailgate. Feel free to come over. And and your phone number so we can reach you in case of. <laughs> yeah, let me just. Uh, <laughs> Do you live? Go grab I wonder if you live by. Lon, Lon did that on the air once. Yeah, he did that a couple times. He would say he would say like, you know, people's full names like Jack Clark in Urban. It's like, yeah, I don't know if they want your full name out there. I also just noticed two things in succession. One. Carp mentioning the DP dough, which I love, it's but delicious. I can't have. And then um, Isaac inviting all y'all over to the tailgate, which I love food again, but I can't go. So, uh, 
So yeah. Guys, I cannot wait. I cannot wait until we can actually do these in person again. We got the new studio set up, which is basically just my sunroom with, you know, all the fixings, right? It's a, it beats the basement. I'll put it that way. It beats the dingy basement, which we had some Something good times. About the authenticity, though, of sitting in the basement. And yeah. It just yeah. felt so original because you I'll admit when I first started listening to the podcast and then I came down and saw the the laboratory <laughs> i had no idea that that's what it actually looked like so we might have to build up some new chemistry in the sunroom now here's a question did though guys... how did you guys envision before you actually came to the basement so like did so isaac we'll start with you but did you guys have in your mind what that basement studio was going to look like how were your I... expectations shattered i think because i mean i'm obviously <laughs> going to say this because I'm a part of the show but yeah. I think because of the audio yeah. levels the audio levels and everything were so good and it sounded so clear I was just imagining some fancy LA wow. radio station Ooh. almost where you uh where you step in and there's a bunch of sound boards and everybody's <laughs> got their own little booth and headphones on and everything's soundproof perfectly and um, lo and behold, that is a little bit different than what it is, but we still make make great podcasts. So you should have seen it before, this is though, the Isaac. Worst jump that, around that was awful. Time. It was the most worthless most jump around. Cringy white people, bad. I just I just want to say I completely agree with what Isaac said in that, and this is exactly what Isaac said in that carp. Your basement was just awful, mm-hmm, and that it didn't yeah. live up to any expectations it whatsoever. Didn't. I'm just reiterating exactly what Isaac said. Thank you. Uh, now, Isaac, like you, a dungeon. It, it, it was dungeon like. Now, Isaac, you should have seen it beforehand though, because I think Harry and Trevor, you may have seen it when I didn't even have the uh, patio furniture down there. Instead, it yeah. was the black kind of like bean not beanbag chair but you know what is it papasan chair is that what they call them one of those like it's like a little bowl right it's a little bowl chair and then what was the other there was a dingy couch what right isn't that right hell hey, i don't man, know those yeah, are the comfortable the, ones though those are the, the mic didn't couches. extend to the couch though so I, no one could sit on the couch while we were doing it i don't it, now and then what i did what i upgraded when the quarantine started is there was this corner table that we had up in the main room that I moved down there, a wooden table. And before we moved to this new place, I anticipated using the spare bedroom as a studio. But the problem is, for whatever reason, that room you clap and it just, the echo is way too much. So this this sunroom, man, this is these are the digs. And uh, we'll be doing these live podcasts for football and basketball as long as you guys are able to. Hopefully this is the low point, right? I agree. I usually this actually actually now I'm thinking about it unless we were to play on Fridays every single Friday. Uh, it's probably your only one. No, no, this is probably your only one though, Harry. Right? Probably because I usually work on Saturdays a little bit later. So although I might be able to do them if the games are around uh, noon for me, so that actually might not be a problem. Well, next Saturday it's um, at 11 a.m. Central. So all right, who, who are we playing next week? Is it like Purdue, Rutgers, <laughs> Purdue? And then what Purdue. is it, Nebraska or no, no, Minnesota after that at home? Minnesota. Yeah. And that, okay. They have a good... Oh, go ahead, Harry. I'm sorry. I was just saying um, they're getting a lot of respect based on last year in their game against Michigan. They're only three-point dogs. Let's do this real quick since this game is about to be ter- uh, become, excuse me, 35-17. to 17. Or 35-7, excuse me. scored 10 points? No. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had an extra one where I shouldn't have. Okay, so here's what we got in the Big Ten tomorrow. Let's do a little bit of who you got. I do we'll, want to we'll talk names this. at some point with Harry. Oh, do we have new fake names? 
Are we talking about no, just, in Wisconsin? Wisconsin's has mm. Wisconsin's defense has uh they got louder milk and wild goose. Wild Ooh, goose. Those okay. are some good names. Not Harry Black good names, just normal good names. All right, here we go, guys. Rutgers and Michigan State tomorrow. What a what a barn burner to kick things off at eleven AM. Mel Tucker's first game as Spartans head coach. Who you got? It's at Michigan State. Now that it matters where these games are at, to be honest. Trevor? Uh, um, what's interesting about this one is that both teams hired a new coach in the offseason and essentially got no practice time. So hmm. <laughs> both both teams are installing a system that they have no idea what the hell they're doing. Um, but I will given that his Rutgers, Rutgers doesn't still have his um, – What's his face? Satowski, right? Like the worst quarterback of all time. Yeah, Best he's quarterback in the in the Big Ten. Yeah, one completion <laughs> in the game last year, right? One complete, one completion, I think. There was back to back games where he had a total of nine yards. So who are you going, with, Trevor? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I will go with Michigan State. I, I just got a very funny tweet from my brother-in-law that I, I simply cannot read over the air, and I had to do a double-take myself because uh, I, I and I can't even say who it's about because if I said that, then it would be immediately apparent what kind of joke was being made. So we're just going to gloss right over that. Harry, Rutgers and Michigan State. Uh, well, I, I, I'm just going to say it right now. I think Michigan State's going to win. Um, but as weird as it sounds, simply because Michigan State the more I've watched it, it was weird for me. You know, I started watching Michigan State when I started going to Illinois, and I immediately had the idea that they were one of the premier blue chip teams in the Big Ten. Because mm-hmm. they've always been, you know, when I first started, they were in the Rose Bowl. They were in the playoff, you know. But that's just not the case for them usually. They're more middle of the pack. So I'm just going to say I have a little bit more confidence in Shiano at Rutgers because he has the pedigree and he's the only successful coach they've ever had. Um, I don't know if it's going to work. If it works, I mean, that'd be you know good for Rutgers. Um, but I'm just saying I wouldn't be stupidly surprised if they were able to maybe get to the point where they were somewhat serviceable, you know, maybe, maybe win like three or four games in a regular season instead of one. But He, he raises the floor. He absolutely raises yeah. the floor. Isaac, what about you, Rutgers, Michigan State? Oh, who's your pick, Harry? By the way, tomorrow, Michigan State. I said that before. I said that whole that whole tangent. Oh, I thought the whole okay. I thought the tangent was the the thing. I'm sorry, uh, Isaac. Rutgers, Michigan State. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Michigan State too. Um, sorry, you guys still there? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, here. We're hearing beeps. We're, some beep beeps. Okay, sorry, somebody was trying to call me. I'm on my uh my phone. Pick it up. Um, but Pick yeah, it up. Talk to him. Should I? <laughs> Why not? I mean, we're, we're chilling, so it's fine. Um, yeah, I got to take Michigan State because I thought you were going to say I got to take this call. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, oh, geez. Uh, you got I, Michigan State as discombobulated as this Lovey Smith scheme. Um, all right, Hey-o. so Mel Tucker, he's gonna put it. He's gonna put it together. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Michigan State doesn't seem like they always play these bad teams close, and then like they pull it out in overtime or they by often last do. like a yeah. field goal. So, Shiano's going to keep it close, and Michigan State's going to win by six. I think that's I think that's, I think that's a fair prediction. I, I I'm going to go crazy here. 
not really, but I'm going to go Rutgers to win. And I here's why. I actually think you can chart the downfall of that Michigan State program and how D'Antonio, it was slipping. And if even D'Antonio were to come back this year, that would have been like maybe a 4-8 team in a 12-game schedule. That team was really falling off. And the, the recruiting had been falling off for about two, three years. So we saw with Rutgers and bits and spurts last year. And I don't want to try to extrapolate what they did in the first half against Illinois as like, hey, look, guys, Rutgers can compete in these games. But I think that it may actually be one of those weird, fluky debuts or returns, let's say, for Greg Schiano. And I think they get a, a, a random win at Michigan State in what is a very ugly game. So I'm I'm going crazy. All right, here's wow. here's a good one. Well, actually, no, it's not a good one. This is going to be a, a disaster. Nebraska at Ohio <laughs> State. I think we can all agree on Ohio State on that one, right? Yeah, that's easy. Not good. Not good. This one is interesting, though. At 2.30, there's actually a really good slate of games at 2.30, both of which I think should be competitive throughout. Penn State at Indiana. I really – Indiana at home – against the Michigans of the world and even the Ohio States of the world sometimes, they make it interesting. So let's start with Harry here. Penn State, Indiana, the spread is Penn State minus six. Who do you like in that game? I know the sexy pick is going with Indiana. Um, I I know that they play these teams closer at home. They played, I remember the Jordan Howard game with, uh, with uh, uh, you know Michigan a couple years ago, and then they opened up the Big Ten season, they actually had a lead on Ohio State in the third quarter, I think, uh, before they got blasted. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to overthink this one. I think that Penn State is just, you know, they're the better team. They're uh, they're the better group. You know, it's it's uh, it was a weird offseason. And when you have less time to practice, you basically rely more on your athletes. And a school like Penn State's going to have better athletes than a school like Indiana. So I'm going to go with Penn State by – I think the spread's six. I think Penn State will win by like 20. Fair. Isaac, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm going to have to go with Harry. I think Penn State is legit again. And Indiana, they they love hanging around that, that mid-tier bar. And even when they get hyped up, they still can't seem to jump over it. Though, granted, at, uh, I'm just sulking right now, so I'd love to be <laughs> hanging around that mid-tier bar and never be nice. able to, to be jump nice. over it. But – um. Yeah, Penn State. I mean, Franklin's got a good thing going going for them, and uh, they returned some solid guys. They have multiple guys projected to go uh, get drafted next year. So, I like I like what Harry was saying. I don't I don't know if it'll be twenty points, but but Penn State's going to easily walk over Indiana. Trevor, what do you think? About, oh, Harry, go I don't ahead. Know about y'all, yeah, I've certainly been hanging around as well. You know, uh, I guess you could say uh, I've been hanging around. Little <laughs> Counting Crows reference. What was the one Counting Crows album title we came up with? Oh, Halfway to Worry Town. Halfway to Worry Town. There it goes. <laughs> Trevor, what do you think for Penn State, Indiana? I miss you guys. Uh, I will take. <laughs> I will take. Um, you know, Indiana won eight games last year, and I heard mm-hmm. this today on BTN. All four of their losses were with uh, one point – or not one point – one possession game in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, they they, they were a legit eight-win team. Mm-hmm. They should have won nine in their bowl game. Choked that away late. So, I'll actually take – I'll be a little daring, guys. Let's go Indiana plus six. Go crazy. Go crazy. I am also going to go Penn State, but I think this is where it, it remains close, and I think the spread is about right. Let's say Penn State by seven, a touchdown – 
Indiana, for whatever reason, is tough at home. I know that's not really the same dynamic this year because there's not fans in the stands, but Indiana being tough at home isn't probably that much to do with the crazy home atmosphere of Memorial Stadium in Bloomington. They just happen to be good at home. So I'm excited for that game. I'm also excited, even without Rondale Moore and even without Jeff Brom, Iowa and Purdue, because it seems like Iowa, if there's a team that's projected to take a step back and not be competing for the Big Ten West for sure, it would be Iowa. And meanwhile, Purdue, you know, was probably a little bit better than they played last year. The spread is only three and a half. Iowa minus three and a half points at Purdue. Uh, Isaac, let's start with you. What do you think about that game? Yeah, I like Iowa. I Purdue's having some major COVID problems, right? So it's going to be... Um, it's going to be a little bit different. Maybe some of the starters. I know Brom, I don't think is going to be there. Yeah. He got denied um, to even call plays remotely. Yeah. So they're going to be without uh, a lot of their key guys. So I like Iowa. Um, Ferentz seems to always put it together and always have a solid team out there. No matter who they lose, there's probably going to be, this, this would be a good segment coming up with the next Iowa quarterback name because uh, you have Nate Stanley and you have, um, Oh, geez. They all seem to have typical uh, same names, but uh, <laughs> yeah, give me, give me the, give me the Hawkeyes. They, they have the quarterbacks of the, the two first names. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was going for. Trevor, what do you got? Peters has been benched by the way. I well, I, is he benched or is it more just uh, they're, they're throwing the white flag out? Well, yeah, fair. I don't know which is uh, worse. I mean, well, that's a good question. Is it a benching if you just go to your backups because the score is out of hand? I guess not. 35-7, by the way, just to give people, this is like the least post, this is the least live reaction-y, live reaction podcast ever because the game is not worth reacting to. But it is 35-7 with about 11 minutes to go in the game. Illinois just went three and out. Isaiah Williams had taken over for Brandon Peters. So back to the game we're all really interested in, Iowa and Purdue. Trevor. I have no idea what to make of this game because yeah. I actually think my my hot take for the season will be that Iowa's not that good. And I and by Iowa standards, okay. I mean sure. I think they'll go maybe seven and five or wait, well, there's not five and three. What are we That's playing? Comparatively. Yeah. yeah, say say the the twelve game schedule and we'll understand. Because okay. I mean no one knows how many games are actually gonna be played. Yeah, no. With a quarterback never played or started a game before, it just feels like maybe they're due for more. They have one of these years every once in a while where they go more of a six and six, seven and five than an eight and four, nine and three. Um, so I'll just I'll ride with Purdue. I'm being given what three and a half. They could lose by a field goal and still cover. Yeah, absolutely three and a, and that's a weird spread. Like when Rondale Moore and that announcement came out today, I thought, well, that's easy money on Iowa, but that half, that half point because Iowa so often. Even if it seems that maybe they should beat by a lot, they win by a little. But they get it done. The old hook. The old hook, absolutely. Uh, Harry, had you picked this game yet, Iowa-Purdue? I have not picked this game. Um, I just wanted to also point out that, you know, if your name is um, Saban, then you have no problem getting cleared within three days of having COVID. But if you are Jeff Brom, then apparently, you know, a week isn't enough. Mm -hmm. Just kind of, you know. Why not? You know, let's just, <laughs> it's, it's such, it's such a joke. It's arbitrary. The standards, are, the standards are so different if you have a big name. Um, but no, with the Iowa Purdue game, um, <laughs> uh, I have to say it. I have to say it. I don't know what Purdue. Nah, more like P U. Yeah. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I was I was pre cringing because I was assuming he was going Perdon, but then he made it right. even worse by going PU. But but, but but is the PU yeah? Because the yeah came in and that reminded me like, well, that's the opposite of don't. But wait, Perdon is the opposite of Purdue, and now I'm all twisted up. I don't even know which way no, we're I going. Said, I said. Purdue, nah, P-U, <laughs> okay. yeah. That's it, that's it, okay. Well <laughs> done, Harry. That's my way of saying that I think that, um, I, it's weird logic, it's weird pretzel logic that I have with this one, and that, I mean, Purdue beat them two years in a row minus last year, and last year's game was pretty close. Purdue's had Iowa's number. Pretzel um, logic is a great Steely Dan album. Oh my God, that's my favorite album by him. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, his, fo- the, the, his follow-up, um, well, it's not a him. Mustard, mustard illogical was not nearly as good. Didn't sell nearly as well as press illogical. Um, besides the point. <laughs> okay, so if there's pretzel logic and mustard illogical, what is cheese? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what what else there is in cheese and illogical. Nonsensical. Uh, cheese reasoning. Yeah, cheese reasoning <laughs> sounds right. <laughs> Oh my God! When you said he for Steely Dan, it reminded me of when people oh face mask in Illinois. Sure, why not? <laughs> what the hell? Um, it reminded me Steely when people Dan would say out, Jethro Toll was a guy. It's yeah. like no, no, that was a band actually. They always thought Jethro oh, okay. Toll was the guy that played the flute, but it was the band. Here's a, a game that no one gives a crap about: Maryland Northwestern at six thirty tomorrow. Uh, Northwestern's an eleven point favorite at home. I, I like Maryland to cover. Did you just say Northwestern is an 11-point favorite against Maryland? Yes. At home. Northwestern's not that good. All right. It uh, makes no sense, Harry. That line makes no sense. They're two bad teams. Now, Northwestern might win, but they're two bad teams. The fact that it's a double-digit spread is blowing my mind. But but here, I'm not I'm not a big gambler, but Trevor, you might be able to back this up. When something like that pops out at you, Shouldn't it be like then? It's it's you know initial reaction is that makes no sense. But shouldn't the fact that it makes no sense kind of like here's me with the pretzel logic again. Then coming back with like maybe Vegas knows something. You know that yeah the contrarian like like the contrarian of okay now Purdue's going to be without their best player and the line has not moved. So the instant reaction is well then now you hammer Iowa when the contrarian reaction would be well now actually you double down on Purdue now. Yeah. God, that it's just. I know Maryland's bad, and I know Maryland. Um, what well, they, they lost people, and they were bad last year in Northwestern. But the thing about Northwestern is they were bad last year. I don't know who they're bringing back. I don't know. Those are two bad teams that I don't pay a lot of attention to. So that's just that surprised me. I, I could name you one guy on Northwestern, and that's after they came in and just blew the doors off of us last year with that third string quarterback who just ran at will. Uh, by the way, Trevor, real quick before we get to Isaac's prediction for. Maryland Northwestern, which I, you know, this tells you something about the Illinois game that we're doing these predictions in the first place. Uh, so, Trevor, you had tweeted out something about, and now see if you can extrapolate this to Graham Mertz now being 19 of 20. You had a tweet dating back to the Iowa game or the Northwestern game, sorry, last year with opposing quarterbacks and their completion percentage or completion rate against Illinois. I was going back to Chase Garbers. And- the Cal quarterback because I knew he had a really good day with few completions and then I thought can for no reason at all I just exaggerated the step further 
And I looked at the Illinois Northwestern box score, and Andrew Marty only threw it seven times, but completed five of them. So I thought, well, I might as well throw that one in the mix, too. That was at halftime when Mertz was 14 for 14. What did I say? They were 43 of 51? Yep, 43 of 51. So that means... So what, did he have another five completions? 48 for 57. 48 out of 57 completions. Okay. Wow. And these are not, not exactly bad, world be- these are not world beating quarterbacks, except for maybe tonight, because it may turn out that Mertz is the best quarterback Wisconsin's had, let's be honest, since Russell Wilson. They have not really had world beaters at that position. They've had decent guys. And even back to the Barry Alvarez era, you know, like a Brooks Bollinger or something like that. Fine, again, but not guys that were NFL caliber. Mertz may be the first one since Russell Wilson, unless I'm forgetting something. Who was the guy that played as a backup for the Colts? He started with an S, and he used to be a quarterback for Wisconsin. Was it Joel Stave? Stave. Thank you. That's it. Isaac, back to the game we're all uh, concerned about, of course. Maryland Northwestern. Yeah, so I've been putting a lot of thought and research into that one uh, this past <laughs> weekend. Um, but honestly, hey, I put I put money on Illinois to cover, and I kind of look like a moron right now. So we all do. I don't, don't really worry. know what the spread of the Maryland uh, Northwestern game says about anything, but. Um, Northwest man, 11 points. Uh, yeah, I'll take Maryland to cover, but I'm sure Northwestern is going to somehow recover and have some awesome walk on middle linebacker that uh, leads the big 10 in tackles this year. So I think Maryland's still in the rebuild, rebuild with Lockley. And I think Fitzgerald's probably going to get it figured out this year. So give me the Wildcats. I feel like it's going to be a 16 to 12 game. Something random like that, Northwestern wins, but Maryland covers. Oh, but, also, oh, yeah. if I'm if I'm betting next week, give me the under on whatever Graham Mertz passing yards total is because, like you guys were saying, we seem to make non-stellar quarterbacks look stellar. So, Who was I'm the sure Connecticut guy? I've had yeah, a hell of a so, time remembering that guy's name from the Connecticut game last year. We kept messing it up. Zakowski? No, that, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> Oh, zero glock. Only, like he only had one FBS offer, and it was UConn. Zero glockus. Zero glottis. Epiglottis. All right, last one here, and I am <laughs> I am excited for this game. Isn't that is the epiglottis the thing in the back of your mouth that vibrates? Is that it? The epiglottis. What is the epiglottis? Something back there. Man, can one of you guys effort that? Maybe I can. Dangly thing in the back of your throat. I'm gonna get. I think that's it, right? The epiglottis. That's your uvula. Hmm. Oh, you're talking about the thing that you throw up. I tell you what I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah, that thing. I'm going to give you this game. I'm going to look up Epiglottis and I'll get confirmation on this. Michigan, Minnesota. I'm legit excited for this game. I think it's going to be terrific. I think Michigan at 18. <laughs> excuse me. I think they're probably better than that number 18 ranking. I think people are just kind of tired of the Jim Harbaugh thing, even though they've got a pretty good team this year. Minnesota, 21 sounds about right. Three and a half point spread. Michigan, the road favorites. Trevor, what do you think? I like Minnesota. I think Michigan's getting too much credit. We talked about this today on our show. Jay Patterson's gone. This will be the first start for Jim Harbaugh for a quarterback that he recruited for Michigan. And he's in what, year five? Year five. Same year as Levy. I don't know. I just, it seems like Michigan is the classic team we respect too much and disappoints and Minnesota is the classic team we don't respect enough 
and more often than not deliver. So I'll take Minnesota. All right, Harry. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do what I was going to do because this is an actual game. This isn't uh, per, uh, Purdue. Um, you know, I mean, you might be able to you, – you can look at it and say Michigan's getting a little bit too much credit um, just being road favorites. But the way I look at it is, I mean, Minnesota had a year last year that was basically their – their Iowa 2015, mm-hmm. you know, their Illinois 2007, their year that you're going to have uh, once in a not very long time. So I think that they're, they might be getting a little bit too much credit right now because they're even ranked, <laughs> which I mean, I'm fine with that because you beat Auburn at the end of the season last year in, a, in the Outback Bowl. But mm-hmm. I just think they're going to take a little bit of a step back. And I think that Michigan, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm still kind of waiting to see when they're actually going to be Michigan, which might be never with Harbaugh. Who knows? Um, but it's a weird year. I'm going to go with Michigan. Real quick, Isaac, before we get to yours, Graham Mertz just had his fifth passing touchdown. This his, is embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It is. is a disaster. His third one to Ferguson. And by the way, you guys have all played NFL Blitz, right? Oh, yeah. All, old yes. Nintendo, Nintendo 64, the arcade game. And there is a defensive play called Suicide. Where you send everybody. Yeah, that's my favorite play. It's it's fun. It's feast or famine. And then if you're on offense, you can read it on blitzing and be like, oh, great, they're sending everybody. So I got the bomb queued up and I'll just launch it up and it's no problem. So we had the third touchdown to Ferguson. This was a play action on a third and goal from about the three. And Illinois bit so hard on it, it might as well have been suicide in blitz. It was just, it is ineptitude. It is absolute ineptitude at this point, and it is, it is purgatory, guys. And this is my fear. I said this on the podcast, and Harry, I I understand this could come off as overreactionary, right? I totally get that. But even if this team goes on to go four and four, and they go that ninth game, and they lose to Indiana or Michigan or whoever they play, even if that happens, there's not any actual forward momentum, and we see time and time again that whatever this is, it ain't that great. And it won't be. So we're just waiting. We're just treading water, and it's just kind of depressing, you know? I have no follow-up to that other than I'm just kind of like, ugh, this sucks. I mean, well, basically. Carp, um, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that you're not overreacting because um, it is it is week <laughs> one in COVID 2020 of a you know game with no fans against Wisconsin. Um, I mean, unless, unless we win no games or, like, we win – one or two games like against Rutgers and just look awful the rest of the year. I'm just going to take this season with a grain of salt. I mean, it is, I I just, I'm doing the same thing in the NFL and I'm just looking, I'm just, I'm just looking at it and saying what I was saying before the season in that, you know, I have no idea how this changed their preparation. That couldn't have helped it clearly. Um, So I I don't know. I mean, whether I I don't make the decisions clearly, but, if I was, if I was, you know, um, Whitman right now, I would take this game with a grain of salt. Just look how he reacts going forward. I mean, if you, if this is one of your losses and you react the same way uh, or you play the same way against like Ohio State, um, then, 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 you know, that's really just kind of been the norm for how long now. And then if you play the rest of the year against, you know, the the uh, the Iowas and the Purdues 
and the um, and the Rutgers and the Northwesterns of the league, and you keep it closer, you win some of those, then then we are what we are, and 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 we're pretty much picking up where we left off last year. And I think that that's still possible, right? Isaac, uh, real quick before we'll do some closing thoughts here because we we'll we'll go till the end of the game, but essentially this has kind of been a post game throughout. Isaac, uh, Michigan and Minnesota tomorrow night. Who you got? Yeah, as much as I don't want to pick PJ Fleck, I think I'm going to take them. They have a lot of that returning momentum, and I really just want to see Michigan Twitter and the media freak out if Jim Harbaugh somehow loses this this opening game to a team that they should probably beat here and one of his, uh, what is it? Fourth or fifth year. So, um, but I think, I think it sucks to admit about PJ Fleck, but I think Minnesota's legit. They brought a lot back and it'll be interesting to see what they do this year. Hopefully they play a down game when we come, when we, uh, actually they're coming to us. So, um, but yeah, I, I like Minnesota in that one. All right, before I let you guys go, there. Okay, so there's four. Why does everything about Wisconsin feel like a Hallmark movie? It just pisses me off. How do you mean? What do you mean? Like, I I don't know. It's just all so fake and happy, and everybody's just dancing, and the DJ's playing terrible music, and it's like Trevor. they're in a little like Christmas La La Land <laughs> or something. I, I'll tell you this: I don't think it's fake. Um, I I only went to Camp Randall once, but what I saw from the fans is that. It's basically – now, I don't know – this probably is somewhat fake with no fans in the stand, but a game for Wisconsin, <laughs> it feels like it's a party with a football game going on in the background, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is fun to have when your team's oh, really good. Oh, God. By the way, the wood just got laid on whatever fourth-string running back was running that for Illinois there. <laughs> Harry, to your point – about Camp Randall. So two years ago was my first trip to Camp Randall. And me and Kara went and we went with my buddy and his now fiance, who she went to Wisconsin. And when she was there, this would have been, you know, 08 to 2012. And really, if you went to Wisconsin anytime in the 2000s, you lived through great sports. Like really, really good sports. As Wisconsin gets an interception off Isaiah Williams and they look to return it. They are down at the 15. Anywho, before this game becomes 49 to 7. So at Camp Randall, it's midway through the second quarter, and they do this "Build Me Up Buttercup" dance. I they, love it. I love it. Yeah, love it. yeah. But in the stands, <laughs> oh and I, I should—I I know, Trevor. I, trust me. Everyone is having so much fun, and it's snowing. And I'm looking around all these Wisconsin fans and their goofy red overalls and stuff. They're like, "Yeah, this is so much fun, man." And I—I'm like Lenny in that scene from The Simpsons where he gets the plastic surgery and he's smiling, but he's like, "I'm miserable." And that was yeah. me. I was smiling, and yet I was like, I hate this. I hate these people for having fun. I hate that they can have fun. And I had I had the Rose Bowl, and that was great, and that was it. And I, I guess I had Dean James' senior year. So, I mean, there are worse four-year stretches. Trevor and Isaac, you would relate. Your, your years in college com- compared what Illinois did in sports, I did okay. But Wisconsin fans, spoiled. Spoiled. And it's just... Why, Trevor, to your point, why do they get to live the Hallmark movie and we live through the Lifetime movie? We are we are the battered wife in a Lifetime movie and they are the perpetual Christmas Hallmark film Home for the Holidays starring Jennifer right. Love Hewitt. It's, I didn't mean that. I didn't necessarily mean, Harry, that it was fake. Like they didn't believe in their own manufactured enthusiasm, but <laughs> it just it, it just feels like such a like. 
I, I don't know. The best way to describe it is a hallmark. It just feels like everybody's like, well, didn't we have a great time at the game today? Let's sing Build Me a Buttercup, and then we'll go to Crate and Barrel on our way home, and we'll pick up some <laughs> nice Christmas ornaments, and it's just – I don't know. That's just, pretty much what it is because, like dude, Trevor, the rest of the day was was fantastic. Madison is an awesome city, and, and I would recommend it to anybody to go up there and just have a good time going to different bars and restaurants and awesome place. But, yes, there is that sense being the visitor. And, listen, when I go to travel for Illinois games, first of all, it hardly ever ends well. So I, I'm kind of done traveling for sports unless we know we're going to go with friends and it's just going to be a fun time anyway. But um, I, I noticed the same exact thing that you're talking about where the rest of the day, like everyone is in this, you know, on cloud nine, they're super happy and everything. And I've still had fun, but yet there was that cloud over me, which said your program sucks and it ain't going to get good. And you're not going to enjoy what these guys get to enjoy. And at the end of the day, my biggest frustration with Illinois sports and now specifically football, because it looks like basketball is figuring things out. My biggest frustration with Illinois football is that that is years of enjoyment that I don't get to have, and I don't get them back, and I can't choose another team to root for. That's not how college fandom works, you know. So we're stuck. We're stuck with this crap program and watching them lose on national TV. The only game that anyone really gives a crap about on a Friday night, the return of Big Ten football, and we can't even show up and make it a game in the second half. Forty-two to seven, about to be forty-nine to seven. It's ineptitude. And, but it's top-down. It is not just Lovey Smith. This goes well beyond that. It goes deeper than that. And uh, not to wax you know, poetic or get too deep about it, but at a certain point, it's just depressing. It just sucks. It's not like at this point, I didn't need football to come back if this is what it's going to be. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Well, no, no. I'll put it. That's true. That was an overstatement. That was an overstatement. Yeah, yeah come on. <clears throat> <laughs> we, we were saying like. The thing is like. I, Go ahead, Trevor. No, I the, the spread was twenty, and we thought that was suspect, and they're about to cover that two times over. Two times over. But yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, no, I was I was just saying I was just I was just saying that like we've been saying we wanted to come back for so long, and also at the same time we've joked about how long is it going to be until we say why did we even want it to come back if you know we're going to have if this is what we're going to have, but no, we, I, I I'd rather see us lose by a million than not get to see us at all. I mean, <laughs> that's it's, true. That's true. It's, it shows that we're actually out there, you know? Okay. It's, it's, well, let's it's, it's do this, guys. Watch us lose like this. In the last minute of the game, I'm kind of surprised. It's that <laughs> It is. It is. It is tradition. As uh, as we're in the last minute of the game, Illinois does have three timeouts left. I, I'm surprised that Lovey didn't start using them to try to save some clock to go down there and, and make it a little closer. But 19 yards. Do you think that Wisconsin wants to pour this on because of what happened last year? No, I think it's just they they have an outside shot at a football playoff spot, and style points will matter. And as a Big Ten West team, they may not have the schedule needed to get it unless they just kick everyone's butt. I don't know if they play Ohio State or not. I don't think they do. I, I think if you're Wisconsin, I've always said this. I don't know if this is the case with this season, with the shortened season or whatever. Um, but my belief is that since it is uh, – it's you know you're in the Big Ten West. Any team, I always had the belief that if you run the table, I mean Iowa almost did it a couple of years ago. If you run the table, you should be in the big or uh, in the college football playoff because that will inevitably include an undefeated season and a win over a Michigan, a Penn State, or Ohio State in the uh, in the conference championship yeah. game. Well, let's leave it with this, guys. <clears throat> 
I don't know if I should ask for a silver lining or your fi- your general thoughts. I, I don't know if I'll even give you a question. I'm just going to give you each the mic to reflect on your experience tonight watching whatever this was. So, Isaac, reflect on your, your reflections on Illinois, Wisconsin, the return of football, college football in 2020, and uh, what you hope to see going forward. I'll, I'll include that part. Isaac, what do you think? So, I mean, as you guys can probably tell, I've kind of been at a little bit of a loss for words just because this this just was supposed to be the team. And I'm not going to beat a dead horse like we have for so long, but all I want is competition. I mean, because we weren't saying like, okay, Lubby, you have to easily win uh, the Big Ten West, you know, by 2020. We were saying compete. Show us why we're respectable on national television. Like, we've been waiting for so long to see this team, see these transfers, see these upperclassmen. And then we do this, and we make uh, quarterbacks who has never thrown a college pass look like Tom Brady. And <laughs> I do Can't think I, I do think we have pieces, and I think we still have a lot of guys individually that I want to see what they can do the rest of the year. But the thing that's so frustrating is you didn't compete again. Multiple years later into Lovey Smith, you got whooped on national television. You didn't put up an offensive point. Your defense got run all over to a team that last year you somehow magically stopped completely. So I would say my hope for the rest of the season is there's a lot of guys that I want to see what they can do individually. But at the same time, how much like is it really that much to ask to just only lose by seven or fourteen to Wisconsin in year five of Lovey Smith? No, it's not. It's not. I and Isaac, I'm glad you said that because I think that uh, my final takeaway will be something similar to that. Where you know, I, I did not predict a win. A win would have been, if not shocking, very surprising. Mister but... Cool. Hey, yeah, Mister Cool's back, man. <laughs> man, right. So Sorry, Isaac, Isaac, well said, uh, Harry, what is, what is your takeaway? I think that you have mentioned before that it's Wisconsin. It kind of is what it is, but, uh, I guess what lingering concerns do you have and what could, uh, turn this back in a positive direction? Um, basically at the end of the day, anytime we see, you know, anytime we see a, it's, it's double-edged, which I hate that saying because all swords are double-edged. Most of them. But it's, it's double-edged in the way that you lose a game like this and I chalk it up to it's COVID 2020. And then on the other side of it, if we came out here and we did win, I would not have felt as good as I did last year when we did it because, again, it's COVID 2020. We, we, saw, uh, we saw Mizzou beat LSU. We saw, um, I think, who was it? Mississippi State beat LSU. There's been a ton of upsets this year which kind of just, I feel like, puts even more of an asterisk on this entire season. So the one concern I had from this game was that the offense, of course, didn't score. Um, but, I mean, it's That's it's not true. like I'm oh looking God. at this and I'm really all that surprised <laughs> simply because, you know, it's what we've seen. And it, they didn't have really an off season. Neither team did. So then you basically, it boils down to who had the, um, you know, who has the more athletic guys. And just over the course of however long it's been, um, you know, Lovey's tenure in Illinois, he hasn't been getting the guys. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not taking too much away from this. I want to see you score more on offense. I think that should be expected. Uh, 38 point loss. That's 
always unacceptable. But at the same time, I mean, we're pretty, I, I, I'm, I am just looking at this and say, rebound, treat this play like it's a preseason game, essentially. Come back, play Purdue close or beat Purdue, win a couple games this year. You win three games this year, that's essentially five and seven in a year where you had no offseason. I'm not going to complain unless this season is like zero or one wins. I mean, th- that that's when you start to hit the panic button, if, in, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. Trevor, what do you think? Look, it, it's Wisconsin. Harry, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you there. And I, I suppose also to your point, if you want to just say, don't flush the tape completely, but if you want to move on to next week, I don't really think any of us were counting on this being a win as we ran through predictions anyways. Now, obviously, it came in a different way than we anticipated. But if you want to say that you hope, if you want to look at this optimistically, you could say that you hope that this is not an indicator of the way things will look and less of a precursor and more of a preseason game like you just pointed out, Harry. And, and you could say, well, look, let's just pretend we lost by seven instead of 38 in that game and move on because that was going to be a loss either way. But it's really the way in which the loss came that depresses me more so than a close loss or even a mediocre loss. I mean, Vegas nails things more often than not. And when you're twice as bad as what Vegas thought you were going to be and Vegas already had you being pretty darn bad, that that concerns me. I remember... I don't know what year this was, but Penn State was down. I want to say this was a Beckman year. I think it was. And you were going to Penn State. Maybe that was the Bill Cubitt year. I'm not yeah. sure. Well, no, you got smoked the Bill Cubitt year at Penn State. But there was a Penn State year where the line before the game was Penn State minus four and a half. It was a Beckman year. And they won, I believe, 48 to nothing. Or 48 think, to seven. That I think Cubit. that was the Cubitt year. And I think that was 39-0. 39 yeah, zero. Okay. And so bad. for me, as someone who likes to look at lines and you like to look at outliers and you like to look at things where you go, Whoa, that jumps off the page at you. Just when, when you lose and you're misjudged in a negative way that badly, it just seems to indicate to me that there was, there was something seriously wrong with that and not just, well, we move on to next week. Wrong with that. The offense scored zero points. They didn't get in the red zone. They didn't get in the red zone and they didn't score a point the entire night. I mean, and I understand COVID, but then how did Graham Mertz with the same amount of COVID practices do what he just did? How they had West COVID practices because they actually had outbreaks up there. Right. And so the, the regular fan in me wants to say, okay, you take the loss and you move on. But that part of me would have said that if it was 38 to 20, if it was 38 to 28, if it was 24 to 10. The problem is it was 45 to seven and it wasn't even that close. And that's the part where I'm not wary going forward necessarily, but I am more on edge officially now than I was before this game. And I didn't think any result of this game would make me feel that much worse in a negative way. I think it's fair, Trevor. I don't think anyone foresaw this, this, right. right? This was, this was worst case scenario beyond even worst case scenario that I could have dreamt up. And I think part of that was given the COVID uncertainties and the fact that no one really had a great training camp or any consistency in getting ready for the season. I thought if anything, that would play advantage Illinois because since June, they've for the most part kept things open and not really had any setbacks, but let's do this. Let's uh, we'll we'll try it again next Saturday. We're going to keep our heads. It's going to be Halloween. So even if Illinois loses, we're going to be able to have candy and trick or treat and all that great stuff. So it's going to be a good day regardless uh, Harry, you think you'll be back next Saturday if it's an early game, right? I'm, I'm, um, it's the last day of 
October, which means I'll still be on my October schedule, which means I start work at three. So I should be able to watch at least like the first or second half with y'all. Okay. Um, All right. Well, we'll so, do a second. So, we'll do a second half thing. And that would be, let's see, if it's an 11 a.m. game, that would be 1.30 Eastern. The second half would start. So I'd probably, yeah, because I, if it's, I start at 3, I usually would then leave at like um, at like 2.30. Okay. All so right. I'll be able to do like 45 minutes or an hour. Perfect. All right. That sounds good. All right. Well, let's do this. Before we sign you guys off, I'll do all the particulars and the ads and stuff after I get you guys off of here. But should we end the night on a high note with a little, we have four people. Which means we yeah. have a quartet and potentially a barbershop quartet if we so wish. Uh, Isaac, could you get the high note? Yeah, I can do it. Okay. Um, who gets baritone? Is that the last one? I'll, I'll get baritone. I'll get the first low note, and then we'll go me, Trevor, Harry, Isaac. We'll ascend up the chord like that, okay? okay? All right, you guys ready? Uh, what should we end on? See ya or something else? Hmm. That was bad. Well, how about we give Matt Robinson credit? He ran for eight yards. How about we Mr. end with cool. how about we end with Mr. Cool? <laughs> Should we do that? <laughs> okay, here we go. Mr. Cool. Trevor, you're up. Mr. Cool. Oh, wait, sorry. Wait, wait. We'll start again. We'll start again. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Mr. Cool. Mr. Mr. Cool. (laughs) Okay, we need to get this in order because Trevor, (laughs) you sounded the same as Carp, and then Carp, you went up, and then Isaac, you went before me. Trevor, you start. Trevor, you start. I'll go, then Harry, then Isaac. I was holding it for so long that I morphed into Carp's baritone, and then for some reason he picked it back up after I did that. Okay, I you, went after I. Okay, I'm Harry, starting. So the timing must. Be I know. I didn't. You went before I even said anything. Oh, huh. okay. <laughs> Trevor, you start. Yeah, I'm starting. We got this. We got this. You start, then me, then okay, Harry, right, then right, Isaac. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mister Cool. Mister Cool. Mister Cool. That was a an appropriate end for the game that we just won. <laughs> I love it because that was about right. Yeah, yeah. Right because oh man, possible. Zoom is now crapping out on me. Well, boys, thank you for coming in on what was not necessarily the most fun Alana game that we'll ever see, but we'll try to get next Saturday. And uh, appreciate. Well, first, it was just good to see you guys again. So we'll, we'll do it again next Saturday, and and then it'll be really exciting when basketball starts. And we can do both of them, and that's not long off either. So have a good rest of your night, boys. See you later. Thanks night. again. All right, see you, boys. Cheese reasoning off of Apple Music. Yes, cheese reasoning. The B sides collection from Steely Dan, available now on iTunes. See you, boys. All right, steal. That was the entire crew right there. So we had Trevor, we had Harry. And Isaac. Well, that's it. That is one for the books right there. 45 to 7. Not good. That's an understatement. As we close out, I think that the frustration, and there were many frustrations with this team and with this program, I think Isaac hit it on the head. It's not too much to expect or ask from this team to be more competitive. And apologies for the voice. It's a little bit rougher today because my allergies have been really bad. I don't think it's too much to ask of this team with all the veterans that they have 
to make this a competitive game. And by competitive on the road against Wisconsin, anywhere between 10 and 17 points. Hell, I'd even say 20, depending on the circumstance. And instead, you got absolutely outclassed, which, again, these are two very different programs, but you were inept. And you did things aside from what Wisconsin was doing that made things that much worse. In year five of Lovey or in year five of any coach, you would just hope that you can compete. And when you see, you know, one example, this is anecdotal, but one example, Missouri, new coach, and they beat LSU at home, defending national champions. You see P.J. Fleck and what he's doing at Minnesota. You see what Indiana's doing with Tom Allen, who no one had even heard of that guy before he becomes the head coach at Indiana. These programs find their guy. And time and time again, we can't find ours. We went out there, we spent this money on Lovey. And you might be asking, well, Carp, are you saying that this Lovey thing is dead in the water? I've said many times before, there are a lot of things working against Lovey's template here. The fact that he's based on transfers, the fact that he cannot really get high school recruits at a consistent level, that when he leaves, if this thing does not work, it's not going to be left in good condition in terms of the guys on the roster for the next guy. There's not going to be any recruiting pipelines or relationships built with different high schools or different states or regions. It's basically starting from scratch. So at the end of the day, I'm I'm most concerned that we're going to end this lovey era whenever we do, and it's probably not going to be this year, and be left wondering what the hell was that? And what was the point? What did we accomplish? And are we in any better place now than we were when Lovey took over the program? Which I know some would scoff at and say, well, when Lovey took it over, it was absolutely abysmal. But look at what happened tonight. 45 to 7. On the road, and yes, a COVID year where everything is weird and no one's really working with the full deck. And yet Wisconsin, with all the outbreaks and things they've had on their own campus, and a few interruptions, I believe, with their own football program and practices and things like that, no big deal. They put in a guy in his first career start, and he goes, well, he has one incompletion, five passing touchdowns, three of them to a tight end, which he never seemed to cover him on play action or up the middle. Just ineptitude, and that's a problem. And as the season goes on, this team will, I I still think, win a few games. And when I say a few, maybe I'm now thinking three instead of four. And I don't think it's an overreaction to say that because we've seen so many times with Lovey Smith in Illinois that there is no consistency. And that when they do win, it is so predicated on not just one takeaway, but multiple takeaways. They had a defensive touchdown tonight, and they still lost 45-7. to They got shut out on offense. A third-year offensive coordinator making, from what I understand, pretty decent money compared to other coordinators in the Big Ten. And for what? He has tools. He didn't use them. Ineptitude. So the word of the day is ineptitude. That's what I saw more than anything. It's just a, a coaching staff that was grossly outcoached a Wisconsin team that probably wanted some revenge but the way that they got it and how easily they got that revenge that's troubling and for all this bluster and talk from the Illini locker room all offseason and then this week well we're 23 and a half point underdogs that's not fair that ain't right guess what that was actually Vegas overrating what you were going to do So it's an embarrassment, and we're going to sleep on it, and we'll wake up tomorrow, and I'm excited to watch other Big Ten games, and I guess I'm excited to watch Illinois-Purdue next Saturday, but not nearly as much because it was such a deflating, to borrow Trevor's word, deflating and also to borrow Isaac's word, typical Illini loss. And I'm kind of getting sick of it. I'm kind of getting sick of it, and I think you all should be too because it is not too much to ask to be simply average. 
And what we see with Lovey's teams time and time again is not only are they not average, they can be outright bad. Even when he tells us they got the talent that they wanted and the talent they needed to take that next step. And we get 45-7 to on a Friday night in Camp Randall. Or as we so appropriately titled this episode, Crap Randall. Which is a lame pun, but you know we're going to go with it because that's kind of what tonight's game was. It was crap. But before we go, some brighter news. <laughs> it's getting late. My voice is not in particularly good shape. So thanks for bearing with us through our first live podcast post-game reaction show that we're going to do for football season. I'm much more excited for these during basketball season. Those we had a lot of fun with. But hopefully there is still some intrigue love with this football team. They have seven more games, I guess eight if you count the ninth game. Eight more games to do that, and maybe they will. We saw last year that they looked terrible, and then they turned it on for a four-game stretch and made things interesting. I'll take interesting in this year, but unfortunately, I don't see the long-term viability of what's going on with Lovey, and it's purgatory. We're just kind of waiting, and in the meantime, while I'm in purgatory, at least give me some entertainment, if nothing else. Before we go, DPDO. I'm on at dpdo.com. Use coupon code MIKE to get $5 calzones or $6 construction and premium zones. Those things are super loaded, but they will deliver it anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So use coupon code Mike at dpdo.com. Also, 4th and Kirby, I was rocking my 4th and Kirby big guy football t-shirt tonight. Unfortunately, the game did not really end up the way we wanted to, but the t-shirt still looks good, as does all of their apparel at 4thandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200LEVEL or the 200LEVEL. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com, helping us out with our homeowners and auto insurance. Super helpful and super easy process and a staff that you can trust. brianismyguy.com. All right, everybody. Take care. Stay safe. Enjoy your Saturday of Big Ten football. You may be listening to this late on a Friday night or early on a Saturday morning or during the games on Saturday. So maybe our predictions for all these games won't really hold up by the time you listen. But thank you for tuning in. We're going to have fun with these podcasts, uh, the postgame podcast throughout the year, even if the team ain't good. Unfortunately, that may be the case. But for now, have a good rest of your weekend. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll see you next week. It is the 200 level.